0: Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. I'm Mark Sennett, the CEO of Western Business Media, which is the publisher of Health and Safety Matters. As you may know, this podcast is sponsored by the Health and Safety event, which recently took place at the NEC in Birmingham, but will take place again in 2022, between the 5th and the 7th of April in 2022. And it was a fantastic event. It was great to see so many of you there. And as you know, many of you may know, we actually put on the content for most of the event. It was great to see busy lecture theatres, busy aisles and so many familiar faces. Thank you to all of you that took the time to come and chat to me and give us the feedback on the podcast and the magazine. I really, really appreciate it. You know, we can't do this without your support. So thank you. Um, But yes, if you want to find out more about the next health and safety event, which will take place, as I said, on the 5th to 7th of April 2022, all you need to do is visit healthandsafetyevent.com. That is healthandsafetyevent.com. Com. So in relation to HSM, just finishing up on that, if you'd like to get all the latest news, prosecutions, products, services, etc., you can do so on our website, which is www.hsmsearch.com. You can also see our huge back archive of webinars, which are all CBD accredited, and sign up to come and see our upcoming webinars. And then I'll talk a little bit more about our digital conference in a bit as well, which takes place very, very soon. So, yeah, please do go to the website. You can sign up to get the magazine for free. You can also sign up to our twice a week e-newsletter, all completely free, hsmsearch.com. So as always, we start off with the news. And actually, this is a bit of a continuation from the guest we had on our last podcast. I want to talk very briefly about the House and State Executive updating his guidance on work-related road risks. So the HSE Working Partnership with the Department for Transport has published updated guidance on work-related road risks for employers and workers. The gig economy and the increased use of personal vehicles for work purposes, which is the so-called grey fleet, has created some confusion over where responsibility for legal compliance lies, says the regulator. Driving for work is likely to be the most dangerous activities most workers will ever undertake. So every week, there are approximately 200 deaths and serious injuries involving people using the road for work. It's estimated that over 40,000 people working in occupations such as sales, delivery, sexy driving are involved in road traffic collisions every year. Company car drivers in the UK are 49% more likely to be involved in traffic collisions, even after correcting for geographical, sorry, I have to say demographical variables for their relative high usage of mileage. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people. I, I do you know, 35,000 miles a year, I do a lot of work-related driving. And the other thing to say is, you know, countless others will suffer stress, anxiety, minor injuries from unreported incidents. So those are the, the the key areas of concern the HC are pointing out. So the HM inspector for HC's Transport and Public Services Unit, which is Nicola jane's has commented on this, She says the Health and Safety Work Act sets out legal duties of employers and those engaged to work for them. Their responsibilities to manage work related road risks are nothing new. However, the landscape is changing and we want to ensure guidance reflects these changes and also remains relevant for years to come. Companies who otherwise have robust health and safety policies sometimes fail to consider their responsibilities adequately when it comes to driving and riding for work. Everyone should come home from work safe and well, whether they're working behind desk or behind the wheel. So it's also worth noting that prosecutions could lead to significant fines or even custodial sentences. So as well as driving bans, that's another thing that could happen there, or operator licences being revoked. In 2020, a company found guilty of sorry guilty of failing to effectively manage fatigue for their employees was fined four hundred and fifty thousand pounds in order to pay thirty thousand in costs after two. Men lost their lives in a motorway collision. All drivers and riders have individual responsibility for their driving behaviour under road traffic laws. However, when driving for work, the organisations they work for have a legal responsibility for their employees' health and safety. For example, ensuring employees do not drive an excessive number of hours and checking the vehicle is properly maintained, even if it belongs to the employee. The regulations apply to all workers, including those using two-wheeled vehicles, such as motorcycles, scooters And e bikes. So, this updated guidance is informed by HC research, which included a literature review survey and interviews with those working in the sector. So, Nicola has added the shocking number of injuries and fatalities associated with driving for work demonstrates that more needs to be done to manage work related road risks. This updated guidance will give employers the guidance they need to ensure the safety and the well being of their drivers and riders. Organisations with a positive safety culture and clear well-managed policies for driving and riding for work can have a significant influence on keeping roads safe for everybody so you can see all the latest guidance updates on that um, you can go to hse.gov.uk forward slash road safety to see the latest guidance but it's certainly a, a never-ending cycle of, of, of concern about risk there the more we drive the more risk there is, and employers, as it's just been said, they have a responsibility as well as drivers themselves to make sure people are not, you know, doing excessive driving over the amount of hours or miles they should be, and that the vehicles are properly maintained. So, uh, if we don't take this seriously, it's it obviously most importantly could put workers at risk but also it can leave the employers very much liable to serious fines, as has proved uh, last year in that case that I mentioned. So definitely worth sharing that guidance. We did a really good session that I shared about that actually at the health and safety event. It was, you know, uh, driving for better business put that on and it was at an HSE speaker as well. It was a great session. It was great to see many of you there. So, yeah, I just thought I would start off with that. the The next story I wanted to talk about was... An update to COVID-19 risk assessments needs to happen, urge the uh, British Occupational Hygiene Society. So BOHS, which is always the shortened version of that, is urging employers to remain vigilant and update COVID-19 risk assessments, especially for those who are working in public-facing settings. With schools and universities now open and COVID-19 cases and deaths still remaining high, BOHS is conscious that the relaxation of public health precautions may result in enhanced risks, particularly to those who work within two-metre distances of others. As individuals return to normal behaviours, with less attention preventing on presenting virus transmission, those who are required to work for the community may be increased risk, BOHS is warning. Employers should update their COVID risk assessments to take this change in the situation into account. So to help employers and employees, BOHS in August... Actually, issued an advisory note on working in the community, managing the health risk from COVID. This guidance brings to attention some additional risk considerations for public facing workers, those working in the community, and frontline workers in the NHS and other public sector services. And it obviously aims to further support them in updating their COVID risk assessment. So I would urge you to have a look at that. It is very much on the BOHS website. If you're not familiar with that, it's bohs.org is the website. They also have a COVID-19 hub, which is bohs.org forward slash COVID hyphen numeric 19 hyphen hub. So definitely worth looking at. It's something that we obviously had to look at our risk assessment as soon as we, we, we've got 24 of us in the office. We had to look at our risk assessments when people were coming back in. Now we do have a mixture of flexible working of some people from home, but we we did still look, we had to do proper assessment, as you'd expect, to make sure that we still had, we felt we'd still try and have distance between desks, etc. plenty of hand sanitizer everywhere. We've limited access to toilets to, you know, one at a time with an occupied sign on and 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 put signage up to try and keep people to be vigilant. You know, we followed as much of this advice as we possibly can, additional cleans. And that's just what we do in our business, and... It's certainly something that I know that the rules have obviously changed and there aren't really restrictions in England anymore, but still this virus, this pandemic is still a thing. It's very much so. It's still people getting poorly, it's still people worse and dying. And, you know, we have a responsibility to try and keep each other all as safe as we possibly can. And and employers have that responsibility as well. So I would absolutely concur with the BOHS. Please do look at their COVID-19 hub, bohs.org forward slash COVID hyphen 19 hyphen hub. So please, please do do that. So another thing that I wanted to talk to you about really is hopefully if you're listening to this ahead of time. But I think I mentioned before Health and Safety Matters is doing its first ever digital conference, which is really not that far away now. It's taking place on the 13th of October and will also incorporate the Safety of Health Excellence Awards 2021, which will be digital one more time. And it's a, it's a fantastic full-day conference. We've got such a plethora of speakers, including the BOHS, I should mention, are in there. It's chaired by HSM's editor, Kelly Rose. And it's a full day of CPD for all of you to come and listen to and enjoy. You can watch it live, ideally. And if you do watch it live, you can go to any of the sessions that are on offer, which I'll talk about in a moment. But you can also network with other delegates or speakers or sponsors that are there. You can do that through a direct message function. You can request video calls or anybody else there. So, you know, it's free to register, free to attend. A great opportunity for networking. We've got an absolute plethora of downloadable resources on the sponsors websites from brochures to case studies to white papers to videos that you can play that's on the sponsors drop down list there you can go to any of those sponsors for help and advice on the day you can either send them direct messages after the event on demand because the event will be available on demand for an entire year you can watch any of the sessions individually or the whole thing or you can send direct messages still to the sponsors so if those of you actually came to the BSIF and HSM conference, you'll be familiar with the platform already. But the whole day, CPD accredited, you will get a CPD certificate for attending, which is also what sets it apart. But we've got some great sessions on. We've got Alan Murray from the BSIF talking about ensuring your PPE conforms with the relevant regulations. We have also got um, a session on from Online On how to arrange senior management in your safety software project. We've got sessions on haves exposure from React Tech. Um, we've also got worker noise exposure, what tools are available to have accurate worker measurements. That's being delivered by Cirrus Research. We've got a brilliant session actually on the importance of choosing suitable and compliant safety footwear. That's been delivered by Delta Plus Group. We've also got a session called Is It Time to Stop Managing History with Julian Taylor from She Software. Gillian's always great value in these sessions. I've done a number of webinars with him before. And this session will identify the importance of reevaluating the way you report stuff. And also understand the importance of changing the mindset of your people to deliver the real value of proactive indicators. As I said, we've got the CEO of the BOHS who we've just talked about. Talking about health protection in a post-Brexit world. Yes, we're back to talking about Brexit. Surely it's better than the cons talking about COVID, right? We thought we were past Brexit. We're not past Brexit. This will be a great session with Kevin. We're very grateful for him for doing it. We've also got the duo of Nick Cox and Adam Walton, who I know well from Safety Chair. They'll be talking about how to create a suitable and compliant evacuation policy. We've also got an agile knowledge sharing through micro learning session with Intellects from Toby Smith from Intellects. We've got the present elect of IOSH talking as well, Louise Hosking. And she will be talking about human capital and sustainability, reconnecting with sustainability. We've got Jigna Patel, who's a previous guest on this podcast from the British Safety Council. And she will be talking about being well together, a strategic approach to well-being. We've also got the health and safety executive involved in this. Matt Bertels, again, another veteran of this podcast, has been on there. He will be talking about protecting workers from the risk of musculoskeletal disorders. Then we've got Matt Powell-Howard from Nibosh, who will talk about good practice and pitfalls in assessing risks. And then yet another person has been on this podcast in the past, a friend of mine, Nicole Vasquez. she will be talking about facing aggression in the workplace. It's all about loan worker protection in terms of facing aggression in the workplace. And then... We culminate with the Safety and Health Excellence Awards 2021, and all of those winners will be revealed by Alan Denicote, who's our host. And Alan, if you don't know, is the voice of the National Lottery and also Strictly Come Dancing. We I'm about to talk about the awards, but um, a phenomenal response this year. That is always great fun. It's... um absolutely key that um, we recognise the great things all of you do in terms of keeping people and property safe. We had so many entries, and thank you to all of you entered, and, and congratulations to the shortlist, which I'll cover in a minute. But if you want to come to the awards, um, digital ones, or you want to listen to any part of all of this digital conference, please do. It's on the 13th of October. It's Health and Safety Matters Live, completely free to register to attend, and it is HSM Live. Dot co.uk, hsm live.co.uk. It's one minute to register, and you've got an entire day of CPD content on the 13th of October. So just finishing off on that, obviously I talked to you about the Sage and Health Excellence Award shortlist being revealed. That has happened. And we had, you know, so many entries, we had over 200 entries. And these awards will also include the British Sage Institute Federation Awards, which have been running for years. And Really, the quality this year, I would argue, is higher than ever. And thank you so much to the judges that took part in uh, putting the short list together and, and getting the winners, which will obviously be revealed on the 13th of October. But, yeah, I just wanted to spend a couple of minutes just talking about the short list. So for Health and Safety Manager of the Year, it was Paul Bolton of M247, Lucy Inns of UK Power Network Services, Paul Millar from Maybe Higher Gillian Farrell from Can Group, Sadie Jones from KPAC Limited, Thomas Whistler from Callahomes, Homes, Andy Himson from Mobile Mini UK Limited, Luke Hunt from Hunter Safety Group, Bruce Bulge from Auto Screens, Caroline Blacksley from EE or BT, Ken Belt from Palletline, Mary Chisholm from Avanti West Coast. Also, the uh, Best South of Construction Award sponsored by Turner and Townsend. The shortlist is Kia Highways, Fan Design Enterprises, Lane's Infrastructure, Larson and Tubro Limited and ADT Workplace. The Alan MacArthur Unsung Hero Awards, which is sponsored by 3M and is dedicated in the, the memory of Alan MacArthur, a good friend of all of ours here who sadly passed away a few years back. The shortlist dedicated in his honour is to Midoro, sorry Midori Haruko from SafeStyle UK, John Crockett from Acorn Services Limited and Lee Fisk from Morgan Sindel. We also have the Health and Safety Team of the Year, which is sponsored by NEBOSH. And the shortlist is BRE Group, Link Contracting Services Limited, Birmingham Airport Limited, D Morgan PLC, Travis Perkins, Aramark Limited, BT&EE Consumer, Kia Highways Limited, Area 3 and 4, SWGR and Avanti West Coast. The Campaign of the Year shortlist is Dorothy House, Birmingham Airport, Hachiki Europe, D Morgan PLC, Ryobi and Kentech that campaign obviously covers both fire and health and safety. We've also got Best Health and Safety Project. And the shortlist for that is Ellis Whitam Hunter Safety Group, Circo, Citizen Services, OCO Technology, Savoir UK, Cardinals Risk Management, Orbit Housing, DHL Supply Chain, NatWest, Avanti West Coast, ADT Workplace. The... Best Health and Safety in Manufacturing, the shortlist for that, which is sponsored by the Health and Safety event, is Burberry and also KPAC St. Mirren. The Rising Star Award, which is sponsored by She Software, the shortlist for that is George Gads of Maybe Higher Limited, Tivana Chellen from South African Medical Students Association, so a real international favour there, Holly Coldwell Burns from Hunter Safety Group, Dave McPherson from J. McCann and Care Limited. James Washington from Kia Highways and Donya Ciardi from Lanes Group and Julia Blackburn from Northgate Lighting Limited. Thank you to all of you and the many, many others that entered that didn't quite make the shortlist. You were all very thoroughly deserving of making that shortlist. And thank you for everything that you do. And I very much hope all of you and, and everybody listening will also come to watch this. The winners be revealed live on the 13th of October. And actually, that's right at the end of the day of of HSM Live. The actual ceremony will take place at 4.30 in the afternoon, approximately. And to attend that for free digitally, it is hsmlive.co.uk to sign up for the conference and the awards. It's all one registration and you get in. And we will be opening the entries for the 2022 Health and Safety... Sorry, I should say Safety and Health Excellence Awards. The Safety and Health Excellence Awards will again take place... Physically in person. Thank heavens, we're back to face to face again. They will take place in April next year. Entries will open at the end of October. It will be free to enter once again, and the BSIF awards will also be part of that again. And we're really, really excited to have them back face to face. You know, it in my opinion is the best part of my job, of seeing people get shortlisted and contacting us about how excited they are. You know, we had over five hundred people attend the last one. 2019 it's simply the best and biggest networking event in the sector We're, we're very proud of it we're very grateful to all the sponsors and attendees that go to that and make it such a great do so listen the awards are there simply as I said earlier to recognize the great job you teams your supply chain whoever does in keeping people or property safe please do take a couple of minutes to Get these people or yourselves recognised for the great and important job that you do. We'll be opening it at the end of October. Go to she-awards.com and you'll be able to enter for free. And it'll all culminate in a gala dinner at the start of April next year on the 6th of april at the same time as the uh health and safety event but it'll be at the vox at the nec in birmingham and we've um got Hugh the comedian hugh dennis will be the uh the brilliant host for that awards and alan Dedicope the voice of the gods <laughs> will be there in person once again so yeah thank you everyone that entered i hope you enjoy the digital conference and the awards and i very much hope everyone will enter again next year so at this point it's uh It's now my pleasure to introduce our guest for this episode of the podcast, who is Colin McKenzie from Helberg Safety. And we sat down and we talked about needing to protect people from noise exposure and the various different things you need to do to ensure that you've got the proper hearing protection. So I sat down with Colin earlier and here's what he had to say.
1: Hi, Colin. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm very well, Mark. Thank you very much for the invite.
0: No, we've been trying to bring this one together for a while and I'm glad that we finally got to sit down together because I know there's a lot going on at Helberg. But I want to start off this interview, if you don't mind, talking about noise protection. So what are the common risks that people are exposed to in relation to noise? And how can Helberg help protect against these
1: risks? Well, if we think about what the noise and the impacts on, on the body or the ears, basically what we've got is that you've got sound waves entering the ear canal, which move through, if you remember from, uh, from biology, child biology, and then you enter into the, into the cochlea through the, uh, the hammer, the anvil, and the stirrup bones. And in the cochlea is basically uh, roughly about 20,000 hair cells, tiny hair cells which pick up the uh, pressure wave and turn it into a signal to the, into the brain so we can understand the noise. And these, these air follicles are what gets damaged by exposure to high levels of noise. By protecting those follicles, we protect about noise-induced hearing loss, which is just general hearing loss, and things like tinnitus, where people are left with a, a kind of ringing in their ears something that a lot of people have been exposed to when going to a loud bar and being exposed to loud music. And what using hearing protection does is it protects those follicles so that we can maintain our hearing at its normal level and be exposed to the normal sounds around us on a daily basis.
0: Gosh, we well, are taking me back to my school days thinking about biology class there right at the start. Uh, it's funny how the health and safety world, once you're in it, makes you actually think about uh, di- different things like that. But as, as, as we're on noise, this is a topic that we cover a lot in Health and Safety Matters, but I want to dig even further into this. So a lot of our listeners will be key for me to ask this. What are employers required to do to protect the hearing of their employees? You know, you could be talking about risk assessment, I guess, noise levels. What are the key things that you think they need to be doing to protect their employees?
1: Well, the main thing is, is to measure the noise that's around them. So we do in, in the world of, of hearing protection, hearing is actually classed as a, as a category three safety product now. So it's, it's higher category as respiratory protection. It's seen to be that important. And we have two funnels that we operate to. We have one, which is the product standard, which is EN352, which determines the product specification and the height, head sizes and a lot of different test criteria that you would expect. But we also have a noise directive, which is uh, 2003-10-EC. And this is to give people guidance and the safety engineers guidance on how to measure uh, noise in the environment how to calculate somebody's exposure over work and shift and to look at the trends of the noise around people. So we tend to categorize it in three ways. We have impulse noise, which is generally something that's less than a second and something that rises above 20 decibels above the normal noise level in the environment. Then we have intermittent noise, which might be a cycle on a machine. And then we obviously have continuous noises, which you would experience in something like printing presses. So what you're looking at is to look at somebody's exposure over a shift or over a certain amount of time. And then you will understand then what protection is needed to be selected from that. And as I say, there's a lot of help in the noise directives. The standards tend to tell you that, you know, you should be protecting people uh, and keeping them clear from really about 80 decibels. So at about 80 decibels, you should be giving them some education of what's, uh, what's around them in terms of the noise and what protection is available to them. At 85 decibels, should, people should be definitely be wearing some kind of uh, hearing protection and action could be taken to maybe reduce the noise in that area, but certainly protect people from that noise. And about 87 decibels is about the maximum that people are allowed to be exposed to. We would say, and actually if you follow the noise directive, that what you're looking for is really when you've got your hearing protection on, uh, your earmuff or whatever, you're looking for it to be around about 75 decibels inside the ear. This is to allow the calculations to allow them to compensate for things like if you've got uh, an, an incorrect fitting slightly or you've got a beard or you've got some kind of breakage in the seal. Giving it Using that 75 decibels in the, at the entrance of the ear compensates for anything on, along those lines. But as I say, a lot of guidance, we have a lot of guidance on our website um, at elbergsafety.com and you can see a lot of guides on how to select and the choices that are available to you select for the product as well.
0: So what are the differences between the different types of hearing protectors?
1: So basically what we have is a wide range that kind of try to work with the user in the environment that they would be in. So we have what we, you would recognise as a standard headband hearing protector. Uh, then what we have is a foldable, so for people who are carrying a lot of toolboxes that might be not using hearing protection all the time but needed to do certain operations, so something nice and flexible and foldable they can keep in the bag so they can use it when they need to. We have uh, hearing protections that are uh, uh, helmet mounted, so for people in construction that need to also head protection, they, they have systems available for them. We have a neck band, so you can connect with people. things like bump hats. Uh, where you don't need full hard hat protection, but a bump cap can do. So we have products that integrate with other safety products. And that's very important. And the other thing that we do is we do them in three different levels so that you can choose the appropriate level because really what you still want to be able to do is the user to be able to be still connected with their environment by still being able to, where possible, hear noises around them, such as forklift trucks, um, machines, cutting machines. So people still need to be in touch with their environments as well as being protected from the noise hazards.
0: So what technology is available in hearing protectors and, and what are those benefits that they offer to the users?
1: As we're moving through now, what's very, very important with hearing protection is the ability to communicate. So what you see a lot on construction sites is you, and, and different environments, you'll see people with hair and protection either not worn correctly or slightly off the ear or around the neck, generally because people need to speak to other people around them. So what we have now is items, the products that are fitted with things like uh, level dependence. And basically this is where you put electronics into the earmuff and it's like listening to the environment around you. However, you're fully protected by the standards, so the noise inside the earmuff never reaches the levels uh, past the standards. And basically, you can use that product, you can communicate normally, you can hear the environment around you, and you can hear other people communicating, encouraging you more to use the product and keep it on all day long. We also buy products now which you can connect to Bluetooth, a lot of people, it's important to have phone contact on a regular basis. And what you don't want is somebody removing their earmuff to scream into a phone. So what we have is Bluetooth connections now to the earmuff. You've got noise suppressed boom mic, so you can speak into the boom mic. And to the, to the person at the other end of the call, it's like being in a normal environment, even if you're standing next to a chainsaw. So you, these ways of communicating, encouraging people to keep the product on. Uh, we also have product which is t- team uh, related. So we have a product called local where you can have numerous amount of people all connected on the same frequency and the same channel that can communicate openly with them. Again, the idea is is that we allow people communication and the ability to still hear the environment that they're in.
0: Well, you certainly got a lot on and diverse product offering. So there's a lot for our readers and listeners who just been listening to that to take on board. So if they want to find out more about your products and more about everything that Hellberg offers, what's the best way that they can do? So how can they get in touch with you?
1: So basically, they can either contact us through um, the Force UK, which is www.holterforce.uk, or through Hellberg, which is www.helbergsafety.com. And they can contact us through there and you'll see a lot of information on the websites about support, about how to have some products for samples and also some uh, guidance in terms of uh, product selection.
0: Well, thanks so much for
1: joining us today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for your time.
0: And that's all we've got time for in this edition of the Health and Safety Matters podcast. Thank you again to our sponsor, the Health and Safety Event. And thank you to all of you that attended their event earlier in September. And we hope that you'll join us all again there on the 5th to 7th of April 2022 at the NEC in Birmingham. And if you want more information on how you can attend that event for free, just go to healthandsafetyevent.com. In the meantime, if you want to see all the latest news prosecutions products and services and also get access to our big archive of webinars cpd webinars and look at our upcoming cpd webinars including our digital conference hsm live which takes place on the 13th of october this year all you need to do is go to hsmsearch.com and if you want to sign up to get a magazine regularly for health and safety matters just do via that website or you can get our weekly e-newsletter that comes out every monday and wednesday so it's twice a week and all you do to get all of that is hsmsearch.com and if you want to come to hsm live which also has the safety health excellence awards as part of it as i said earlier just go to www.hsmlive.co.uk so thank you very much for joining us and i look forward to welcoming you on the next edition of the health and safety matters podcast